0: Um, Welcome back to the Fitness Fee podcast Um, and it is June we are in now. I can't believe. Is it June? Yeah, it is. End of June. Oh my God, nearly the end of June. Um, So it's the June catch up and I've got Stu with me as usual. Hi, Stu.
1: Hello. How are we? It is June. We are (laughs) flying through the year um i'm not really entirely sure where it's gone but we are nearly halfway through which no, we means- are actually yeah.
0: aren't we i think i heard that i heard that somewhere today we have like there's only six months left of the year because we've just done summer solstice haven't we
1: yeah so only six months left and great time great time for people to reflect like in new year where did you expect to be by the end of 2023 and are you halfway there? Mm. Because if you aren't, then maybe it's time to do something different moving forwards.
0: It is, yes. It is a good time to reflect because most people kind of do it in like blocks, don't they? So like three months, six months. So are you in a place where you thought you would be? Obviously, we've got summer coming up, uh, bearing in mind wherever you are in the world. If you're on the other side of the world from me, um, Stu's obviously in Spain, uh, Walter, then it will be your winter. So it's slightly different. Um But there are obviously lots of challenges ahead for most people in the summer. Um, So today, we've got a couple of topics that we're going to talk about. And the first one I'm going to kick off with is something that I find that a lot of people struggle with this on some level, some more than others. Um, And I've actually got an Instagram post that I was going to put out today about this. And it's all about positivity. Now, as Stu will know very well, know um, that I'm a pretty pretty positive person. Have been known as the uh, positive radiator in my time, um, but obviously that isn't something that I can um, maintain all the time, and I certainly don't maintain all the time. But it is something that is very handy to work on. Um, some people struggle with it more than others in finding the positives in anything in they want to achieve, whether that's health, fitness, work, family, life in general. Um, And it's something that I always ask my clients when they do a check in with me, whether that's weekly or uh, every other week, is to name some of the positives or wins, positives, wins, same sort of thing. Um, And this is something that one particular client has really been struggling with. And it's something that we've, but I've noticed the pattern that they've come across every time they get to that box and they're like, I can't think of anything, can't think of anything. Um, and I'm like, there must be something. There has got to be one thing that you can look back and go, I feel positive about that. That was something good that happened to me, or something positive that I did for someone else. Or and I mean, you could almost like slash it and say, daily gratitude if you wanted to. Positive wins, daily gratitude. I kind of like that. You could kind of group them in the same, same uh, thing. Um, and I really think that having that attitude when some of the things in your life might not be going the way that you want them to, and you don't have control over that, it's a really good way to take back the control. Um, by focusing on the things that are good in your life. What do you think, Stu?
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think, you know, when we potentially struggle to find wins, things that are going well, it's often because what we define as a win is just massively skewed. So when we see a win, it's like, oh, I've lost £3 on the scales this week. That's a win. But if we actually redefine win as just something that moves you forwards, then all of a sudden wins can become a lot smaller. And for people that really struggle with this, getting out of bed of a morning is a win. Mm. It's a win. Like you you can sit there and go, well, it's not really because I get out every morning, but you're also the person that's struggling to find wins. So you either choose to actively redefine your wins and say, right, I am going to acknowledge that getting out of bed this morning, which was a choice, you didn't have to. You didn't have to get out of bed. You could have stayed there all day, but you chose to. So you made the active choice to get out of bed, win.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because we we maybe do need to start small because until you actually start building some momentum, then maybe you're not going to see any big wins. But collecting the evidence that you're doing things that are leading towards your goal is going to completely change how you feel because exactly like you said, we need that sense of control. We need to feel like we are moving towards something like we are actively a participant in our own lives as mm-hmm. opposed to just simply watching from the sidelines. So in order to do that, we can collect some wins. And, you know, I tell everyone to do this, especially people I work with, write them down every single day. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how big, doesn't matter how small, just start writing them down. I got out of bed this morning. I had a serving of protein, I had a drink of water, I went on a walk. Like, these sound really small, and you're like, "That that's not a win. But you, you did it compared to you didn't. Like, mm-hmm. if you hadn't done that, if you hadn't gone for that walk, if you hadn't had that drink of water, let's say your normal day is drinking three litres of Diet Coke. If you have a drink of water, that's a win, because your new behaviour compared to your current behaviour is in more alignment with your goals. Amazing. That's a win. Let's celebrate that. You know, and even, and this is only looking within the fitness space, right? Like the health and fitness space, you can broaden this to like getting out of bed. That's a win. Something you did at work. You helped someone at work. Maybe you delivered an epic presentation. Maybe you did a really good job on a report that you had to do. Maybe you're doing some extra studying and learning and you sat down for half an hour and did some revision. Like these are all things that are wins. But until you're willing to sit down and collect them you're always going to feel like you're going nowhere you know you we're sitting here going you know what I, i'm not getting anywhere i'm not making progress well yeah of course you are, you're not measuring it
2: mm. you know
1: you, you, you're not going to feel like you're winning when you aren't collecting wins so i literally i sit down every evening and write 10 10 wins and in the book chop would carry water there's a lovely little part in there where the um, sensei, the main, one of the main characters within the book, tells the other main character anywhere between 10 and 63 wins a day. Wow. If you sat down every day and write 10 wins, and let's say, for example, you do it 300 days of the year, right? We'll even give you some buffer in there, 65 days where you don't write down 10 wins. If you write down 10, that's 3,000
2: wins mm. by the
1: end of the year. That's 3,000 tiny scraps of evidence to say that you're showing up. How do you think you're going to feel compared to having no wins? Mm. And like all these little things, they seem tiny, but it's the tiny actions over time that equal huge results. You know, if you've got a jar and you add a, a tiny marble each time or, or you know, those old whiskey jars, I've used this yeah. now before, you're putting the coins in. If you just put shrapnel in over a year, two years, You empty the jar out. It can be thousands of pounds. Mm. It's because you're adding to it every single day. It's the same with self-belief. It's the same with confidence. Like, unless you're writing them down and keeping a record of them, then, of course, you're going to feel like you're not winning. And, and, you know, it's the exact same. Like you say, we're positive. We get more of what we focus on. If all you do is consume negativity, if you watch the news, if you read tabloid newspapers, if you know, you're listening to um, a lot of shame-based marketing, which is what a lot of marketing is these days, then, of course, you're going to feel like shit
2: mm.
1: like because that's all you're absorbing, unless you're willing to go out of your way to find something positive. And this isn't toxic positivity, exactly like you said. Fiona. You know, this isn't, we must be positive all of the time. But it's making the active choice to find some element of positivity so mm. that we're not just sitting in negativity all the time.
0: Yeah, it it is hard, especially when you're not feeling in a good place, if your life is very busy, very wor- overwhelming. um, uh, For me, I just feel that, you know, it doesn't, I think for a lot of my clients, it helps them that it's not focused on like health and fitness, that it's more... You know, this is this is my life. And although it's sometimes it can be very consuming and like I feel like I'm being pulled, especially for like, you know, the, I, I coach a lot of women um, that they're, you know, they're moms and they do everything they do is is for everybody else. And they, you know, they don't feel appreciated. I think sometimes if it's just just like, you know, taking yourself out of that situation, sitting yourself down and going, OK. I feel like I've done nothing but give today. What is the positive that I've got out of that? And it could be as simple as, you know, um, giving your kids a hug and a kiss at night and like reading them a bedtime story. I mean, not all parents get the opportunity to do that, you know, for for whatever reasons, you know, so sometimes you just have to look and think, okay, some people are going to be a lot worse off than me. So I have to be a little bit thankful for what I've got. It might not be the greatest thing in the world, but there is going to be something positive that you can find in that. And, you know, uh, I've been in like pretty dark places myself and it's been a struggle, but that you you do actually have to just look that little bit harder for the wins and the positivity. Um, you know, like I say, it's never always going to be there. And there are times where you you are going to be strong and you might be only be able to find one, but one is better than none. Um, and it can make all that difference to to your mindset as well. I think I think that's the the biggest key, isn't it? It's that flipping the mindset from or that downward spiral, isn't it? Because then then once you start to dig yourself in that hole, it becomes much it harder to get out because you just keep on going and keep on going until you get to that. Well, what's the point? I might as well like not bother anymore. Um, but if you've got that that physical evidence as well I mean I love the idea of writing it down on a a piece of paper folding it up and putting it in a jar so that you can physically see it I know a lot of people like to do things digitally you know like you know record it on their phone or notes or whatever but I think if you've got it like somewhere where you can see it every day where you walk past and you can see it building up like you said the you know the big jar of of coins over the time it might not seem like a lot of the time it's like you know dropping a penny into a well and you never see it again but over time it builds up doesn't it and you can see that that visual and you think wow look at all those those winds and on those days that you're not feeling greatest or something really shitty has happened, you could actually go and sit down and, and like, you know, tip them all out and pick out a few and go, okay, well, look, this is what I achieved on that day. This is a win. These are all the things that I have achieved up until this point now. And that in itself is a positive and is a win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, how do you know you're winning if you aren't keeping score? Mm. Like if you're not collecting these things, you're going to continue to fall into this cycle of disempowerment where you feel like you're going nowhere. And this is something let's move this into the health and fitness realm with the scales. This is what we see with the scales all the time. People only use the scales as their only metric of success. Mm. So as soon as there's no win on the scales, they feel like they failed because they've got no other way to capture, capture wins as soon as we broaden the scope and say, right, let's now look across measurements, now look at photos, now look at energy level sleep, libido, relationship with food mindset, blah, 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 blah. We add all of these in. It's like you've now created multiple ways to win. Well, now let's expand that beyond health and fitness and to general life and go, oh, right. What about career? What mm. did you do there? Oh, amazing. What about financial? Did you save some money today? Did you do something that meant that, oh, I got an offer on that? Well, amazing, you've just improved your finances because you made a saving. What about family, exactly like you said? Did you do something amazing with your kids? Did you watch them go to one of their classes? These are all wins. If we're willing to see them as wins, you've got to be willing. It's on you. Like, if if you're resisting this and saying, like, well, they aren't wins, well, that's also on you. Like, it's a choice to see that as a win or not. So it's understanding that this is going to benefit us in the long run. So, like, I, I'm not going to lie. I ride 10 wins every night. And sometimes on those wins, it's like, I ate a meal with protein in. And like, don't think it's wrong. I, ate, I probably ate four meals with protein in. But sometimes, especially when you're really struggling, just go to those tiny little wins. Because it doesn't matter whether they're moving you forward by an inch or a mile. They are still moving you forwards mm-hmm. in all aspects of life. So, like, when we when I was just talking about going to watch your kids, I don't know, swimming, like, you go watch your kids swimming, like, how is that moving you forward? Well, it's deepening the bond with you and your kids because you're watching your kids
2: swimming.
1: Mm. That's social and, and family health because yeah. that's improvement. Like, it sounds stupid and people are like, oh, well, you know, I, that's not a win for me. Well, it can be if you make it. You know, like, these are all, it's all perception, we can make things have meaning if we allow them to mm. like the creation of meaning is all on us. So what are you going to make that mean? Mm. Do you know, like that, that's within our control. It, yeah.
0: It is, it's down to perception, isn't it? I think yeah. like 100% is what, what you say. And I think it is when you, when you get into that loop of, of the negativity in everything, like, you know, oh my life is awful. Oh, it's like, you know, it's I've got the worst in the world. It's like nothing ever goes right for me. I can never achieve what I want to achieve, you know, and, and you if you're in that mindset, then probably you're going to tell yourself that. And that is exactly what is going to happen, um, which is for me, while I, you know, try to. Yeah. You know, shit happens all the time. But you you, you do have to, like, make a concerted effort to to find those wins and that positivity And it just makes you feel better as well.
1: Action's the only answer, right? Like, Mm. you're never going to make... If where you are right now is not where you want to be, there is no amount of thinking that is going to get you there. The only thing you can do to get you there is take action. Action Mm. is always required. That action might just be writing your wins down. And it's like, oh, but that's really small. Well, yeah, it is. But you're not actually currently doing anything. So that may be really small, but that means it's also a really low barrier to entry.
0: Yeah.
1: Ah, like, oh, right, okay, yeah. So that's a tiny it's, it's pe- step that you can take.
0: Yeah. People get get led into the the, I think the the misconception of like, you know, they have to be achieving big things to get the results that they want. So it's like, you know. And I and I do believe that the diet culture, fitness industry, or however you want to see it these days, has a lot to do with that. That if you aren't achieving these big things all the time, so your goal is to lose weight, but to, to achieve that, you have to be like on it like 100% of the time. Whereas like when you start focusing on the smaller foundations, that most people tend to like skip that bit over. And then they wonder why why they can't achieve their goals because they've forgotten like all the little small things in the beginning that add up.
1: Yeah, and I I can't remember the quote exactly, um, but it's something along the lines of uh, to achieve greatness, it's a lot of small actions repeated over a long period of time that people feel are too small to matter.
2: Mm.
1: It's all about that. People feel these are insignificant.
2: Mm. But
1: if you look at, so like, Great example, Um, I think it was maybe John Wooden. He's an NBA coach. He went into the team, and one of the things that he did with the team was teach them how to put the socks and shoes on. And you're like, what? Like, these are grown adults. Why are you teaching them how to put the socks and shoes on? Because the way that they put their socks and shoes on impacted how often their shoes came off, which impacted their grip and their ability to perform. A tiny 1% behavior that everyone else would overlook – Mm. but it led to success because it set the tone and it's the same with collecting wins a tiny little behavior that right now if you've never done it before will feel the equivalent of learning how to put your shoes on properly it's like well, it doesn't sound like it does anything but it's those little behaviors repeated over time that set the intention for the bigger picture it sets the tone it gives you the momentum it gives you the drive forwards and that's game changing
0: yeah 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 talking of game changers. And we're going to move swiftly on to uh, a game changer that Stuart's going to talk to us about, uh, Stu, um, which is about uh, a client that you've got, isn't it, about some calorie counting, whether yeah, it's yeah. All right. I mean, I... I think we've both done a podcast on this individually. I know I've done about calorie counting isn't uh, – or tracking your macros or your calories, whatever you want to call it. Um, isn't the be-all and end-all to fat loss?
1: yeah absolutely so for this client that i've been working with he's dieted multiple times before he knows how to do it he's got results he's always tracked these calories and that's fine calorie counting tool it works we can pick up we can use it whenever we do so choose and when we first got talking i uh, spoke to him he was talking about calories he was talking you know he was struggling with like snacking and i was like all right okay so let's take a step back let's not track calories. Let's focus on building our plates using more behavior-based approaches. Let's use the plate method. You know, let's focus on getting loads of plants and protein in each meal. And he was like, oh, a little bit uncertain, a little bit unsure, didn't really know. And he was like, every time I've tracked, like, I don't want to lose control. And that's a big thing for people, right? Like, Mm -hmm. calories give us a sense of control when we track them. So it's like, I know exactly how much I'm going to be eating. And that gives us, oh well, because I know that I'm making it more likely that I'm going to achieve fat loss. The only problem being that for so many people, my fitness pal then becomes a crutch that they lean on, and we no longer listen to what we actually want, and instead allow my fitness pal to dictate to us what we can have. So he has now done his first week of no calorie counting. He was like the mental weight, he sent me a message and said like the mental weight that is lifted by not having to track calories has been enormous.
2: Mm-hmm. It was like,
1: I'm just so much more energized day to day because I'm not focusing on the numbers. There's mm-hmm. no pressure there from them. There's no stress there from them. Yeah. And lo and behold, he's made progress in the first week.
2: Mm-hmm. And he's like,
1: I just can't believe how different I am mentally.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's just being able to sit there and go, "Oh, actually This is just a tool. This is just something. And being able to identify, is this a crutch? Or is it helping me? Is it Mm -hmm. moving me closer or further away? Is it adding to my fire or robbing me of it? You know, like, what is this thing doing? Because if all it's doing is, it's causing you stress and it's causing you pressure. And it's meaning that, actually, you're so focused on the numbers that you're, like, stressing over what you can eat, whether you can have a snack, whether you can't have a snack. Like, Or that the stress of that will be doing more damage Mm. than to your overall general energy levels and motivation than what not calorie counting would. And don't get us wrong, there's still going to be some caveats to this. You know, you can't just not calorie count and eat whatever you want, that's still not going to work. You've still got to make informed and wise choices. But sometimes just letting go of the pressure of that can be an absolute game changer.
0: Yeah, I've got a client who's he's in who's in a maybe not quite similar um situation, but she really struggles with tracking. And it's something that she dips in and out of. Um, and I've actually kind of said the same thing to her this week. I said, I don't think, because every time she checks in with me, she says the same thing. She said, like, I know what I need to do. I do it for a bit and then I don't bother. And I'm like, I really think that we need to step away from tracking because it's not working for you. Because you do it for a period and then you stop. So, you know, I've suggested, very similar to the, the, you know, the principles plate method is around that. Have three balanced meals a day and a snack if you want. But, like, structure those plates so that you know that you're getting, you know, a good portion of protein, filling it with, like you say, the same thing, you know, plants, a bit of carbs in there as well. And just, like, listen to your body. I mean, I've, I will admit that I have started tracking again just because I wanted to uh, tighten things up shall we say uh, from not tracking um, just because I knew that I wasn't making the best choices I knew that I wasn't hitting my protein I knew that I'd got kind of like my habits started to slip and I was like picking rather than having three balanced meals so I've got kind of gone back to it a little bit but the thing that I've noticed this time more than anything is that the very thing that you you've suggested here, which which can come with tracking, is the number game. So when I get to like the end of the day, if I've had my or like you know I've got I've eaten X amount of calories, I've had my breakfast. I always make sure I have breakfast. I have lunch with protein. I have my dinner, and then I always like have a room in the evening for usually a protein yogurt and a little bit of chocolate. But if I've got calories left, then I'm like I'm in the, stood in the cupboard going like. What shall I have to eat? When I actually know, when I stop myself and go, "Am I actually hungry?" I know the answer isn't no, but I'm thinking as well. But my fitness pal is telling me that I still have 250 calories left for today. You know, and it's you—you you do get sucked into that game because then you end up. And I've heard many people you know, like say this as well. When they start playing the number game with My Fitness Pal, they end up using calories to eat she's going to love me for this eat crap okay so it's not you know or no food is like crap but food that isn't nutritious you end up picking at things because the numbers tell you that you've got them there so therefore you have to fill them rather than saying to yourself well i'm not actually hungry so i don't need to have anything to eat and that's the trap that you can fall in with the number game isn't it with with my fitness pal
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, like there's always the other side to this, right? Where like you've just said they're like, actually I'm tracking again and it's helping with protein. And you might say, oh, well, actually I'll track for two, three weeks and then I'll drop tracking again. Mm. Like there's there's a time and a place for it and there's loads of people that benefit from it. And, you know, tracking improves the relationship with food because for so long they restricted all these foods and now they've found a way to include those foods within their daily calorie allowance that then means, oh, actually – Like I've got more freedom around food. And I think again, you know, we always associate like, Oh, my calorie target is 1,857. It's like, but it's not like, there's no way that that's your calorie target every single day, because Mm. not every single day is different because you eat different foods, which have different energy availabilities. You move different amounts, your entire body is in a different state to what it was yesterday. The, those precise levels of number are just something that a calculator spits out. Mm. Like that's what a calorie calculator will give you. Apparently that was really loud uh, buzzer there, Fee. I'll come oh. back to that. And uh, sorry about that. That was a really loud person who was supposed to come in about an hour, but he's really early. Um, But when it comes to calorie amounts, there's no sp- precise figure. It's actually like, oh, it's within this range. So you can give yourself a range of calories. Mm. Like I say this to, to people all the time, like, can we actually go right, rather than 1857, let's go, 1750 to 1950. Mm. and then on days where you feel amazing, where you've had a super satiating couple of meals, you're feeling really great. there's no stress, you're not tired. You can go at the bottom end of the bracket. But on days where you're like, I am really hungry today, you may be stressed, you know, Mm. you may be struggling, you maybe haven't slept all that well, you've got some extra calories to play with. Like, we don't need to use these fixed numbers. Mm -hmm. We can use a variety of numbers that are going to be really helpful. It's like, oh, actually, yeah. And then we're not as fixed. We've got more freedom. We've got more availability with those numbers. It can can be so powerful to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is is coming away from the numbers game because it – it's very easy to slip into with my fitness pal and what most people forget is that no calorie counter out there is 100% accurate i mean most of them i think except for the the Harris Benedict one most of them are like 30 40 plus year old equations formulas that were invented that i think they're I'll, I'll, don't quote me on this but the, i know definitely the the Harris Benedict one has been updated in the 2000s I think it was was it 80s Um. whereas some of the others are like 1940s 1930s so you know that you know it's not an exact science none of it is an exact science even scanning foods on barcodes on things that you find in the shops is not an exact science they're allowed to be up to 20% inaccurate in either direction so, you know, when you take that into account, I mean, which most people aren't aware of that, and, you know, and they can do that by law, Um, it, it becomes like a bit of, you know, an eye opener to you Well, you're like, well, if that's not accurate, and then my calories that I'm given isn't accurate, then is what I am doing actually accurate at all? And you need, you know, I always say to my clients, the best calorie tracker that you've got is your body that that is that is the the one thing that is cannot lie to you so uh, while a, a, you know a calorie calculator might say to you you will lose 1 pound a week if you eat 1500 calories and you do that and nothing happens over 6 weeks then you know that that isn't scientifically right there are there are other things probably going on it could be your activity level it could be it could be, the you know, your body shape and type doesn't match what the calculator thinks that you should be. So therefore, you're not burnt. You might not burn as much or you b- might burn more. So it's all very, like you say, it's using ranges, isn't it? It's it's uh, and this is where like probably coaching comes into to play is having somebody who can look at the whole picture um, the progress, what you're you know, what you're eating and how you can change it and tweak it to get the results that you want because it's never gonna stay the same.
1: Yeah, and I think something else to consider here is like what we've exactly what you've just said, you know, all the inaccuracies that are here that we know about, it's not the calorie target, it's your behaviors around food. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And this is why mindset's such a fundamental factor to it all. It's the way that you act around food that or the gives you the the outcome like yes there is obviously some we want a calorie target it gives us a baseline and like you said you know it's it's a bit like science experiment yeah. like oh does this work let's try it for two weeks all right okay now it's really happening let's try changing that oh yeah that's working now let's stick with this it works let's keep going let's keep going oh, it stopped working again oh why let's explore why what else has changed is yeah. like oh actually you've changed routine. So when you look at your routine, it's say, like, oh, well, you used to get in at 5 p.m., but now you've switched shifts and you're getting in at 3 p.m. So what's different between 3 and 5 p.m.? Oh, well, now I'm in the house and I'm bored and I'm snacking. All right, game changer. Now, that, so it's your behavior around food. Mm. So, like, calorie targets are great. Like, they're going to give you a nice little place to start at, a nice little baseline. Exactly like you said, it's that into individuality. Like, we're not going to deny that. And it's just like, ooh. Great. Like, let's just let's just make some little adjustments. Let's move this. Let's make sure that we're covering all those other bases, like expenditure. And again, it, it's never the information. Do you know what I mean? It's not. You can go on any web page and get a calorie target, and you can get protein target, and you can get ten thousand steps. But it's the implementation of that over time that's always the problem. You know, and uh, an example of this. Um, a calorie target, someone I was speaking to, they had a calorie target and they were like, oh, it comes to the weekend. And when I can't track one meal, I don't track any meals. And they were like, I'm tracking my calories. I'm tracking everything. But they weren't. And it's like, "But you aren't. So yes, you absolutely may be tracking Monday through Friday and Sunday, but you've got an entire day that's unaccounted for because you can't track one meal. So you're not tracking the entire day. But in the red, they were like, I am tracking the day because I'm having similar meals. But then there was loads of snacks that were coming in in the gaps and actually the meal out was way more calories than what they thought it was going to be because mm. lo and behold meals and menus and stuff they aren't accurate
2: mm. and
1: restaurants are going to make them more calorific because it tastes better so then all of a sudden it's like oh, yeah like i wasn't being as accurate as i thought i was and it's again behaviors around food like if you're the type of person that has a meal out and says oh well that's it that's the entire day gone then it's not going to matter how accurate you are Monday through Friday and Sunday because that's still a huge percentage of your week that you're going for a full meal. Like one meal out is, if you had three meals per day, one meal out is 4%-ish of your week. So that's not going to be a big impact. But all of a sudden, if you now don't track three meals on that day or you stop paying any attention to three meals of that day, that's now 12%. So you've just trebled the amount of potential calories that you've consumed within a day because you're not bringing the intention to those meals as well. Mm -hmm. And I I think just, you know, obviously we've sort of moved away from the fact that we've moved away from calories, but I think it's understanding that the big thing comes down to those behaviours around food. Calorie counting isn't right nor wrong. It's great for some people. It's not for others. It's going to really benefit some people. It's not going to benefit others if you've tracked calories for a month plus, you've probably got a great understanding of food so far. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll have tracked enough. You'll know roughly what's in what. Mm. That's a point where if you're still not making any progress after tracking calories and you feel you've been super consistent, then it's clearly not working. And it's not that calorie counting doesn't work. It's just that at some point you're doing something that's meaning it isn't working. Mm. It's easy to go, this tool doesn't work, but you're using a saw to try and build a wall. Do you know what I mean? Like we're just yeah. using it in the wrong context or it's just not right for you to use. It's yeah. left-handed instead of right-handed, for example. Maybe a bad
0: yeah. analogy. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's like going back to what you said, obviously your client that's, that's not counting calories now. It is like it is possible to achieve, achieve those results. And it can just be... You know the the very one thing that you need um to take that pressure off because it it is a lot of pressure for some people and for some people, you know, doing the whole like scanning and you know tracking your food if you've got a family and you have to cook a meal it's just another layer of pressure that you're adding onto yourself and for some people that what then becomes an issue because it's just like the breaking point, isn't it? Well, I can't like track my, my dinner with my, my family, so I don't bother. And then I don't track my evening snacks. And then like you say, you get into that mindset. So if you can go, you know, use other methods. And we've both done a, a podcast individually on, on this subject. And I'm sure you'll get, you know, if you go back and listen, you'll get probably tips from both of us on on different things. But the fundamental principles are there that you can follow by not using calorie counting you know you can use the plate method you know take photographs use your hand the hand portion method is really easy to use and it's very helpful for when you are out um and I I quite like the principle you know the principle like stick to your principles of like those three balanced meals a day um and you'll probably find if you fill yourself up with those three balanced meals a day you probably won't want to snack because if you actually start to listen to your body, which is, again, in itself is another tool and can be quite hard for um, a lot of people to come to terms with because it's something that they maybe haven't grown up with. It, you know, they've always been told to, like, you know, the classic is don't leave any food on your plate. They don't understand where their cut-off point is of when to stop eating. So that's something that you might need to relearn or teach yourself how to do that. But it's a tool that once you've got it, it can set you up for life. And just think if you like, if you don't have to go through life tracking your food. I mean, if you, I mean, I'm sure you say the same thing, Stu. My clients that do track, they use it as a tool. But ultimately, I say to them, I don't want you to track for the rest of your life. Nobody really wants to track for the rest of their life. Yes, it's a great tool to have. But ultimately, you want to be able to like, go out for a meal and enjoy it for what it is. And not really think about, I'm worried if I've got enough calories in my day to, to like eat this, or if I'm going to feel guilty, because I know it's going to take me over my calories. Um, so I think that, you know, it, it can become a bigger issue, can it? And it definitely depends on how you use it but I think you know moving away from the tracking is a really good tool for a lot of people and I don't think it's used enough actually so I think the easy option for 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 you know coaches and I've probably done it myself in the past is to just say right here's your calorie target crack on with that
1: yeah and I think as well exactly like you said like you want to prepare yourself for future life so eating in a way that doesn't rely on calorie counting is a tool Calorie counting is a tool. Um, Being able to use the the plate method is a tool. Like all of these are like tools that you add to your toolbox. And then when the event arises, you can pick which tools are going to best suit that because you've got the understanding of them. But if the only tool that you've got access to is calorie counting, then that's the only tool that you've got to lean on. So as soon as something happens where that tool is no longer suitable, you've got no tools left in your toolbox so you end up trying to use that tool but it's like fitness square peg into a round hole like it's just not going to go in because lo and behold life's throwing you so many curveballs and everything's going wrong and even just the thinking about calorie count is overwhelming or you don't have time or you're having to eat a lot of convenience food because of something that's happening in life and relative in hospital for example you know like if you're and from here doing this doing that and if you don't have the ability to just check in with those choices that you're making and go alright actually I know that that's got a decent amount of protein in and right now I know that I'm going to need to nourish my body like I'll do that and even looking at things like right well your breakfast and your lunch I'm going to make sure that my breakfast and my lunch most days I get a huge chunk of my protein in and I get a huge chunk of my fruits and veggies in
2: mm.
1: if you do that you know like if you set yourself up like that and go right I'm going to have a really high volume, so protein, loads of plants, like a big meal that's going to fill me up that isn't enormously calorie dense most of the time. And you do that for two meals of the day, and then also have a, pro, a high protein snack, then the chances are that you're going to be full. You're not going to have consumed all of your calories within a small window of time. So then, when your even meal comes, you've got a little bit more flexibility. But you're able to do that. But The Mm -hmm. foods to start with need to be high volume. You need to make them big so that they're filling you up so that you're not going to be starving later on. Like these are all options that you've got. And it's just about finding the tools that work for you at the time. And then of course, there's going to be a time where you're going to be like, I want to go out for breakfast and I want an almond croissant and a coffee because I absolutely love that. It's Mm -hmm. like, fab, but you also know that now that you haven't had a high protein breakfast later on, you may be a little bit more hungry. It's like, oh, I know I'm going to be hungry later on. So in order to beat the vulnerability factor of being hungry, I'm just going to make sure that my lunch is quite high protein. Awesome. Mm. It's all about this compromise. It's all about this like ebb and flow, like being able to just adapt to the situations, which is why cutting yourself off from all life doesn't work mm. over the long
0: term. Yeah. It's it's also about being aware of the choices that you're making, aren't it? not it? Because a lot of people say that they don't think about what they they just grab and go and they don't consider. I mean, at some point, if if this is what you want in your life, then you are going to have to accept responsibility for the actions that you're taking. I mean, we both said this, you know, and we do say it continually with lots of people that we talk to, that, you know, you have to own the choices that you make. Nobody's, We're not going to make you do anything that you don't want to. But if you keep saying to us, this is what I want to achieve, then at some point you're going to have to take action on that and be conscious of the choices. So you can't just say at the weekends, "Well, I don't track, so because I just like I just do whatever I feel like doing." Well, okay, that's fine. But then you know, don't moan on Monday morning when you're complaining that you've put on two kilos of water weight because of the high content of food, and you, you don't feel like you're getting anywhere because it. You know, you you do have to accept responsibility for it. Like you say, go out and enjoy the almonds. Quaasan and coffee, but also then be willing to make compromises in, later on in the day. I mean, life is all about compromise, isn't it? Regardless of what it is you're you're trying to achieve.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this fits into like, and I suppose the, this fits into the other thing we were going to talk about, which was timeframes and expectations. And that is like, if you want, if the result that you want to achieve, you've got to be willing to make. Also, we talk about compromise and not sacrifice, but. If you want to be in super lean condition, it's sacrifice. There's no two ways about it. Like, the, There's a point where you have to start sacrificing. And if you don't want to live your life in the sense of like, I still want to have a social life and I still want to, amazing, but that's going to put a limit on what you're able to achieve. These are all constraints around what we can achieve. And this is really important with goal setting. And this is something that I'm not sure if we've talked about before, I want to achieve X fat loss whilst the whilst is so important because I want to achieve fat loss fine. But in order to achieve fat loss that we're expecting of like, Oh, I want to be a six pack model on a, on a magazine. Well, you're going to have to sacrifice your social life. You're not going to be able to eat alcohol. You're going to have to reduce down enormously the amount of calorie dense food that you eat because you're going to be trying to live off high volume food so I want to achieve fat loss whilst maintaining my social life, whilst being able to still eat foods that I love, whilst still being able to do X, Y, Z. Awesome. But well, that now changes in the time scale that we can go over because now you'll want to include more things, which is fine. That's not a problem. But it also means the results may be a little bit slower. But if you're not willing to sacrifice those, that's that's what we need to do. That's what we need to accept. And it also means that you're not completely changing your life to achieve a result that you then can't maintain. Mm. So adding those constraints around like what aren't you willing to sacrifice effectively? Like Mm. I still want to be able to go out with my friends and have a few pints at the weekend. Amazing. So now what we can do is make compromises around those choices rather than having five pints, you know, two pints. Amazing. Mm. We've just saved three pints worth of calories. Fantastic. That's a compromise. You can still go out with your friends, but you have to compromise on the amount you drink. If you're not willing to compromise on the amount that you drink, you also need to identify that in your goal of fat loss, that I want to lose body fat whilst still drinking the amount that I do, which may or may not even be possible depending on your current mm-hmm. behaviours. But that also impacts the timescale that it's going to happen over.
0: Yeah, I think the time scale thing is, is really really important because I know from my coaching point of view and I'm sure that you agree the amount of times that people come to me and say I want to lose x amount of weight and I want to do it in this time frame um you know and usually nine times out of ten there's some kind of event behind it so it's like it's a holiday it's a wedding it's you know it could be whatever it could be, but there's usually some reason why, you know, it's going to be Christmas. So I want to like put on my little black dress. It's going to be summer. So I want to get in my bikini. Um, there's usually a time frame, and I like, you know, I always say to my clients, whatever time frame you've got in your head, but if they, if they haven't said to me, okay, I want to lose weight in because I'm getting married in six months. I always say to them, double it at least if not triple it or longer, or even better, Just remove the time frame altogether because that, for starters, is just going to make your life way easier. You've just removed a ton of pressure while you're going to achieve probably maybe changing your life quite a lot from what it is now. If you're looking for, I don't know, say if somebody comes to you and say, "Okay, I want to lose 20 kilos. I only walk 2000 steps a day. I do no exercise this is what I want to achieve, and I need to achieve it in six weeks' time to go to the on my holiday summer holidays. I mean, people just this is where we come into the, the yo-yo dieting, don't we? Of quick fixes, looking for something that's given instantaneous results. Um, and in the long run, it doesn't fix anything really. Um, I mean, I'm sure that you, you come across this as much as me. And for a coach's point of view, it's really frustrating because this isn't the type of people that I enjoy coaching because it doesn't instill what I value is in life, which is to maintain behaviors and habits that's going to take you beyond six weeks, six months, 12 months, you know, this is something that you want your life to look like forever. You know, you want to be fitter, stronger, healthier, you want to be able to you know, run around with the grandkids when you're in your 60s or 70s or however old you are when you've got grandkids. Uh, And that's what I enjoy doing from a coaching level. And I just think people's levels of expectation and timeframes um, do get skew If And I don't think there's anything wrong with having, yeah, I want to lose weight for my holiday. I want to, you know, look amazing on my wedding day. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it's, achieving it in a realistic manner and being able to do with it while you've probably got other pressures on because you're just, you know, you're just creating more pressure, aren't you, on top of yourself? I need to lose two kilos a week to reach my target weight in six weeks so I can wear a bikini on holiday.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a couple of things here for me. First of all, if you're setting a timeframe, that's like, I've got holiday in X amount of time you are setting yourself up to you your diet because you're also setting a deadline to the time where you end all the behaviors that get you the results. So in six weeks time, I go on holiday. I want to lose X amount by then. That's, you can have that weight-related goal. Not that I would advise it, but if that's what you want to do, that's absolutely fine. That is your prerogative. You are an adult. We are not going to tell you otherwise. Like That's fine, but you also need to understand the consequences of that, which is the skills won't move every week you cannot predict how fast you are going to lose fat loss because it's independent to life. So if life throws you a curveball, if you're ill, if you're injured, like I say, the scales don't move, maybe something happens and you can't hit your steps for a couple of days, like you can't predict that. So the second that you tie your worth into achieving that number in that period of time, you are setting yourself up for failure, then add that to the fact that if you set a deadline of six weeks, I'm going to diet to this point, Again, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're going to push harder in those six weeks, knowing that that's coming up, which means as soon as you're on holiday, you've got more food focus, you feel more restricted, which means the likelihood that you quote unquote blow out when you're on holiday is much bigger. So then lo and behold, you come back from holiday, you feel like shit, you've got no intention of doing anything else because you feel so bad from the previous time that you did it, and then you your your diet. There's nothing wrong with dieting for a holiday and having an aesthetic goal, but exactly like you said, Fee, it's like maintaining the understanding that we need to do this in a non-ridiculous manner. Yes, you can diet more aggressively as long as you have the other things in place. Mm-hmm. And that looks like having accountability and support for after that period of time. Mm-hmm. So like I've got people who I've dieted more aggressively. We've put them in bigger deficits. We've had extra cardio. We've had higher step targets, fine. But they also had to have the accountability Mm post-trip because if you don't have that accountability, you end up with this like holiday rebound effect. Yeah. And that's when you set yourself up for your dieting. Mm -hmm. And it's also being honest and aware enough to say I'm struggling. Like right now, I'm having ridiculous cravings. Great, we need to do something different. Mm -hmm. Like, but if all you're focused on is paying your entire worth, into me being in that bikini and I I think it's like what you said Fee, it's like I want to lose 5 kilos by my holiday, why? So that I'll be happier on holiday, well what happens if you don't lose 5 kilos, will you be unhappy on your holiday?
2: Mm. Like
1: the two aren't correlated like like, there's interplay there, like there's crossover like of course if you're super unhappy in your body, then of course you're not going to be as happy, but that's not to do with the scale weight that's to do with your body image Mm. Like, the scales is just a number. We add meaning to that number. So until you can accept that actually I'm in this for the long game, that this is going to be the rest of my life, until we remove those deadlines, yes, maybe we have sprints where we go a little bit faster, but that's part of the bigger marathon. Do you know what I mean? It's like this Mm. is a short period of time where I'm going to sprint as, as part of the bigger picture. Like, if all you're focusing on is sprint and then stop, then you're never going to get to the end of the race. But if you have a period where you increase the intensity, you turn it up a little bit because it's like, ah, but afterwards you've got a period of time where you're going to ease off and then you can sprint again. It's like a series of sprints
2: mm. as
1: opposed to just sprint, stop, sprint, stop. Because that was the whole rabbit and the hair story, right? Like the rabbit sprinted fine, but he stopped. It was because he stopped. Whereas if he hadn't sprinted as hard, but he just ran a bit faster mm-hmm. and then slowed down, turned the intensity down to allow himself to recover a little bit and then run again and then repeated that process. He'd beat the, the hair by an absolute, uh, sorry, the tortoise by an absolute yeah. mile, yeah. but it was because it was all out sprint and then rest. You can turn the intensity dial up, but you've also got to be willing to turn it back down at some point and, Reharmonize those dials because you can't just continue with that level of intensity.
2: Mm.
0: It's the it's the um I think we, I'm sure we spoke about this last month now about the levels of expectation, isn't it, on yourself in that time frame? Um, and while you know, there's there's equations out there, isn't there? And again, it's coming back to the calories. Well, if you eat this amount of calories, then you should lose X amount of weight per week. There is not an exact science on that, and it's the same with you know um working out in the gym, you know, I want to, I want to be defined, I want to, you know, gain some shoulder definition, I want to lose the back fat, I want to lose, you know, this bit of my my arms or whatever, you know, Um, how long is it going to take me? Well, it's like, you know, how long is a piece of string? There are so many things that can affect the results. And, you know, and it's coming back to what we said a minute ago about it's the actions, isn't it? So it's not necessarily the numbers. It's the actions and all the things in life that you just do not have absolutely any control over whatsoever. I mean, we have we come across it day in, day out in JSA, people who come on challenges and, like, a couple of weeks in, they're like, well, I didn't see, see this happening. This was not how I planned it to happen. You know, I was going to come in hard and fast. I was going to, like, lose all this weight in six weeks and I was going to look amazing for the summer. And then they've been injured or they've had illness. Or, you know, something's happened to somebody in their family or, you know, it can be anything. And then nine times out of 10, they are things that are way beyond your control, which then affects your actions, which means that you might not be able to eat the foods that you want because, I don't know, your kitchen roof has fallen in and you've got no access to a kitchen for like two weeks or um, somebody's ill in the family, which means... You're not able to get to the gym because all your spare time you're spending at the hospital and not at work. You know, it's all those things that can make the difference between you reaching your goal. And that doesn't mean that it's it's wrong, just but removing that that level of pressure that you put on yourself by I must achieve X, Y, and Z by this time. Otherwise, I am not going to be happy. It just, you know, it it just um it just becomes frustrating for us because that isn't how we want you to feel and we know that that you know it happens like that um but you can still be happy but you, I'm going to come back round to the beginning again but it's finding the positives isn't it <laughs> in the situation that you're presented with
1: yeah absolutely and i think the quicker that you can realize that you're in this for the long game the the better off you'll be yeah. like quick fixes hacks they're just Just They just don't work. Just accept that. Do you know what I mean? Like fat diets, detoxes, diet pills, the quicker you accept that none of those work and what matters is your behaviors repeated over an extended period of time. Like if you just accept that this is the way that you're going to live your life from this day moving forwards and my goal is to achieve this, but the overpinning thing is my overall health. If you put the focus on health and well-being, then all of a sudden a lot of other things become a hell of a lot easier because you're no longer dieting for a summer holiday. Yes, you may need to lose body fat, and yes, you may want to go there, but ultimately the thing that you're aiming for is long-term health and longevity. So all of a sudden steps on a chore because it's the opportunity to improve your health. All of a sudden going to the gym isn't a chore because it's the opportunity to lift weights, to build muscle, to protect your health. All of a sudden, eating vegetables isn't as much of a chore because it's to protect your health. And then when you're adding the extra elements of that, that are like your daily energy, the way that you show up, the way, you know, that you perform at work. When you do all of these things from a place of intrinsic motivation, the way that you feel, the way that you want to feel so that you can become... Overall, as a person, move yourself forward along the journey and whatever that is. You know, I was speaking to a guy and he he does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I was like, right, so you want to achieve fat loss, great. How is this going to impact that? How is that going to benefit you there? Because now it's about so much more than changing your body Mm -hmm. because we're so focused on changing our bodies that we just end up shaming ourselves into change. Mm -hmm. So the quicker that you can accept this is over a longer time horizon, that you're going to want to maintain these results, because whether you realise it or not, you ask anyone who doesn't have their health what the thing they want most in life—health.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, people, and that seems to like become such a blurry thing in most people's horizons, isn't it? It's um because it's gets, so far away. Uh, yeah, just gets lost, doesn't it? But you know, and a good thing that you can always do is is sit down and say to yourself, you know, who is the person that you want to be in. 5 years time and i know 5 years is a is a massive time frame but it's like you know who is it that you want to be how do you want to feel you know and don't base it around i want to weigh 60 kilos you know base it around like you know how how do you want to feel at work do you want to be a family person how do you want to be showing up for your family you know what do you want your health to look like and then work backwards from there well if that is what i want to achieve and that isn't where i am now how can i change that And use that time, that five year time period to do it in and to work towards that, you know, rather than I need to achieve that in 12 weeks. And if I don't, then I might as well just like give up and and stay where I am, because ultimately that isn't what you want. You do. I think like you say, once you begin to focus on that health is the most important thing. And for some people that only becomes a realisation when they're in that situation of like either having it taken away from them or almost having it taken away from them um it then becomes a much more bigger important thing in your life and you do realize that how fragile life is really
1: yeah and i think it's it's a again it's a morbid topic but it's the only one that brings the finitude that Mm. makes us realize actually life's finite like it's death like unless you're willing to be like that my time on this planet is already short. Do I want to shorten it anymore? No. So I want to try and make the most of the time that I've got. That makes sense. Right. So what can I do to do that? And all of a sudden now you aren't doing steps for fat loss. You're doing steps because they improve your health. Mm You are not going to the gym for fat loss or because it improves your health. It builds muscle. You're not being conscious of your food choices because you're trying to lose body fat, you're doing it because it improves your health, and that's a, a nice byproduct of that, which then also means all of those behaviors as an independent, because we talk about this all and often thinking, right? And so many people are like, I couldn't track my calories, so I didn't do anything. I couldn't um, go to the gym, so I didn't bother with nutrition. Those are because you're seeing them as reaching the same goal, but they don't. Like, you can, if you're not tracking your calories, it doesn't matter because you can still go to the gym because that's going to improve your health. Like, if you're going out for a meal and you can't track your calories, you can still prioritize veggies because that benefits your health.
2: Mm. Like, when
1: you look at the bigger picture, the bigger umbrella that is health, all of a sudden, all the decisions that you make, the micro ones, whether you go for your steps, whether you drink water, whether you eat veggies, whether you eat protein, whether you sleep well, whether you do a mindfulness practice, whether you go outside and just chill out, whether you go and do exercise, whether you go for a swim, whatever it is, all of those things, independent of one another, feed into the big picture. So then you can still work on something, even if it is just by 1%. Mm, yeah.
0: That was quite a deep end to the podcast there, Stu, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it
1: was. It was, uh, I'm hoping it's beneficial to people, because... I think it hopefully it'll what,
0: give, you know, people what, something to think... It what your other goals are. No, it does you know think about the bigger picture because a lot of time people do just get so hooked up on the latest diet the fad lot the the fat loss um and it's not the be all and end all and yes it improves your health but it can come as a result of focusing on other more important things in life So I'm going to finish on that note for our monthly roundup, Stu. I think we covered quite a lot today, actually, and hopefully the listeners will have got something. Um, And I'm sure all of you know now that Stu also has his own epic podcast, which he is, like, tanking along right now, popping those episodes out left, right, and centre. And I know you've had uh, some amazing guests on recently. Um, So do you want to remind us of your amazing podcast, Stu?
1: Uh, the seeking insights podcast is, is just me chatting to people and trying to learn all about them and their perspectives on life. And, um, yeah, I'm just trying to do two episodes a week, whether that happens every week or not. I'm not setting my entire worth on that, but at the minute, we're going okay. You and are. Um, I'm sure mm-hmm. a, a lot of people are, um, loving this podcast. And I, I hope that we shared, I did a little call live episode this week, didn't I? I Use one of you did. Our episodes together, um, to. Also share your podcast, because clearly that's why I'm here, because I think you do a phenomenal job of um, <laughs> sharing your wisdom. And and again, you know, it's just these different perspectives. Like, I'm going to think things that are going to be different to the way that you think things, but the way that you communicate may just resonate with someone better than the way that I communicate, and that's yeah. okay. That's exactly what's supposed to happen. um And that's why, you know, there's people who just better with the way that a message is delivered and that's why sharing all these perspectives from different people is uh so important to me
0: yeah it's just uh sharing the love i'm gonna call it
1: yeah absolutely (laughs) right
0: i shall let you um get on with your day and i shall speak to you soon
2: speak to you very soon thanks very much for having me once again peace out